in Cleveland, the Steelers don't need Le'Veon Bell. The Steelers don't need to be great. The Steelers just need to be good, and the Steelers just need the Cleveland Browns to be the Cleveland Browns. Since Cleveland rejoined the NFL in 1999, the Steelers are 33-6 and against the Browns. Ben Roethlisberger is the all-time winningest quarterback in the history of Browns Stadium. The Browns have used 28 different quarterbacks in that time. Tyrod Taylor needs a while to catch up. Baker Mayfield needs a while to catch up. The Browns are better than they were. All they need to do is win two games to be better than last year's 0-16 team. But I don't think they're going to be that much better, and certainly not yet. When the Browns play Pittsburgh, it brings out the worst in the Browns. I don't expect Sunday to be the exception to that long-standing rule. Hey, Cleveland, you know what time it is. And hey, Browns, guess what? You just made the list! The Browns are better, but not yet good enough. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Under a name you can trust, call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Uh, Ryan Scarpino, who used to work for the Steelers in media relations, and honestly, I've always kind of thought of him as a below-the-line clown, but he tweeted something very prescient in regard to Antonio Brown threatening Jesse Washington the uh, author of the story at theundefeated.com that dug, uh, not in flattering fashion, into Brown's personal life. Ryan Scarpino tweeted, This garbage needs to stop. Twice now in a month harassing a member of the media on Twitter. And that's true. Uh, first, Ed Bouchette of the Post-Gazette, now Jesse Washington. Scarpino continues, The chief in DMR, that's Dan Rooney, had great relationships with the media. Somebody, anybody in that locker room, step up and put an end to this nonsense. It's absolutely ridiculous and needs to stop. Well, that's true, but here's the problem. The coach doesn't think it needs to stop. The coach thinks it's funny. Mark Cabali was talking to a player years ago. I forget. I, I think it's that Adams guy that got stabbed. One, one of the tackles, some big dumb lineman. And Tomlin was passing by. And said, hey, coach, do I need to talk to this fat bleep? And Tomlin goes, no, you don't need to talk to that mf'er. The coach saying that. The coach. Okay, now Antonio goes after Ed Bouchette, goes after Jesse Washington. Antonio Brown's a piece of crap, okay? And like I said, never had the guts to throw a punch in his life. Listen to what he said in GQ. In GQ, they asked him what he wants to improve at. And he said a bunch of things, and then he said, I'd like to be a better boyfriend, but it's kind of hard to keep it in my pants. That's a 30-year-old man saying that. Mark Kriegel of ESPN and the NFL Network said, I admire Antonio Braun. I'm disappointed to read this, but it's less about an athlete than a reporter cutting through the artifice of Instagram. Really well done. That's true. Antonio Braun tries to control his image through Instagram. But if you drill down deep, that image ain't so great. And I got a couple complaints on Twitter. Talk about the game. Well, you see, when Antonio Braun acts like a dink, 
it keeps me from talking about the game. When Le'Veon Bell acts like a dick, it keeps me from talking about the game. When DeCastro and Foster and Ponce throw a guy under the bus who's a union brother and a teammate, that makes me not talk about the game. Like I said, unlikable Steelers. Most unlikable Steeler team ever. These guys are jerks. Even the good guys are jerks. You hear what a great guy Ramon Foster is? I'm sorry. The way he acted Wednesday, he acted like a jerk. He might be a good guy 99% of the time, but on Wednesday, Ramon Foster was a jerk. Not to be critical, 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I swear to God, I was talking about matchups. I was talking about Todd Haley. I had the game conversation in full swing. Every time I try to get out, they keep pulling me back in. If you're just tuning in, uh, I went over my Steeler prediction for the year at 4 o'clock. My prediction is 10-6, and six, which is odd because I'd planned to predict them at 10-6 and six even with Le'Veon Bell. But even without Bell for who knows how many games, I can't predict them to drop from 13-3 and three to 9-7 and seven with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. So I'm going to say 10-6, and six, and I put out a few mini predictions too. Maybe you can comment on these. Juju is going to improve only very marginally, if at all. Antonio Brown and Ben will start slow, but both will have Pro Bowl caliber years. Bostic will be mostly off the field by week three. TJ Watt will be dominant. Bud Dupree will not. Terrell Edmonds will make big plays and give up big plays. Let's hope Topi finishes on the plus side. Artie Burns will be feast or famine from game to game. B.J. Finney will usurp Ramon Foster's job by midseason. Your thoughts on any of that? 412-333-9939. Uh, Ryan Scarpino's right. Antonio Brown Claudette Bush said a racist. He threatened this guy from the undefeated. He should have to publicly apologize. But he won't because he has no respect for the media. Tomlin has no respect for the media. Tomlin's the king jagoff. That team's a bunch of jagoffs. Tomlin is king jagoff. He's a pompous ass. This really has me pissed off. When these guys go after the media for no good reason, it pisses me off. For no good reason. I mean, A.B., a Steeler rep said A.B. and Ed Bouchette talked. A.B. should have publicly apologized to Ed Bouchette. Do it on social media. A.B. always makes social media the battleground. Well, run up a white flag on social media then when you F up. He's a dink. Antonio Brown's the kind of guy, if he wasn't a great, let's say Antonio Brown had the same personality and didn't said the same things, and he was the four-string receiver, he'd be the most hated man in Pittsburgh and the most hated man in that locker room. Let's go to Jason in the car. Jason, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I mean, I can echo all the points you're making about the likability of the team, but uh, I wanted to say that on Sunday against the Browns, I really do think it's going to be a a close, you know, skin-of-your-teeth kind of win just based on the way the Steelers have played the Browns, you know, the last couple matchups. And I think that tackling issue you two and Bob were talking about, that's the key. The Steelers' tackling has been a major problem, and it's caused a lot of quarterbacks to, you know, rack up yards against them. Well, there's that. I agree. Tackling's been a dilemma. 
Uh, their lack of success in either red zone's been a dilemma. This is not a team without flaws. You know, it's funny because we call this the best offense in football. We say it till we believe it. We always take that statement at face value, correct? Absolutely. But how can the best offense in football rank close to last in the league in red zone efficiency? Those are the key stats that kind of, you know, when you're just looking at aggregate production, sure, you know, the offense looks great, but those situational stats, third downs, red zone, uh, things like that have been, you know, a real Achilles heel for the last few seasons. Good call. Let's go to Virgil in the Hill District. Virgil, you're on with the super genius. What up, man? What up? Interesting weather question. It's going to be hot, so Ben's hands are going to be sweaty but it's going to be really wet. Do you predict a two-glove game for Ben or a one-glove game? What if he just wore the left glove? I I can see that, but here, I mean, it's... it's, what, if he, it's what, what if he wore a glove with the fingers cut out and then applied the brain call like Blackjack Mulligan? Oh, or if he, rolled the, if he wore the thing the bowlers wear. Well, that's just your, like, opinion, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, real quick, let's go to James on the Parkway. James, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Uh, I understand that, you know, Antonio Brown probably shouldn't have said what he said on Twitter. You can't go after somebody like that. But does he – at what point – I mean, if he doesn't want a story written, you know, at what point is that the fault of the reporter? What do you mean if he doesn't want a story written? It's not up to him. Yeah, but you have somebody rooting around your in your life. So I mean, what? Who's, who's to say that that's, that's not his personal business? It doesn't want it out on blast, and I mean that happens all the time. People have stories written about them all the time that they don't want. So you're suggesting the guy shouldn't have written the story because Antonio Brown didn't want him to. Yeah, that's just stupid. You're an ass. Bye. Ay ay ay. You know what that's from right there? That's the war on fake news. The media is your enemy. You know, I hate to say this because I, I I won't take calls or debate it. I was really ambivalent about the president, but when he declared war on my business and war on the NFL, he can go F himself. Seriously. If Hillary Clinton ran against him, okay, I still wouldn't vote for her. Up next, uh, Andrew Gribble. I'd vote for him. He's the senior writer for ClevelandBronze.com. He's up next on 105.9. Now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double F, big fan, man. Thanks. If you were a hot dog and you were starving, would you eat yourself? I would. I'd be delicious. Ditto. VX at 105.9. Joining me now, the senior writer for ClevelandBrowns.com. It's a pressure. It's a pleasure to uh, drill down deep with the Browns with Andrew Gribble. Andrew, uh, what did you think of Hard Knocks on HBO featuring the Browns? I liked it, but then the Browns cut all the fringe players that were featured. It was kind of a sad ending. Yeah, you know, I've seen enough hard knock seasons where that that typically ends up being the ending of these things, and it it's unfortunate that that hard knocks kind of struck out with the guys that they picked to to focus. But uh, it's good to see that Carl Nassib's already landed on his feet somewhere in Tampa. Uh, I think Nate Orchard is is going to be probably somewhere soon here as, as well. So yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think that the show was great. Uh, for the team, very entertaining. I learned a lot of things about the people I work in the same office with. So I, I think it was uh, really put a good spotlight on on the Browns and kind of a, a kind of a pivotal moment for the franchise. On Hard Knocks, Jarvis Landry preached about a new beginning. Is that the case, or are these the same old Browns? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a new beginning, and it really 
Jarvis is a part of it, and I think the the real uh, change is quarterback position. That's the thing that hampered the Browns since the team came back in 1999. But really, John Dorsey came in and almost uh, he, he he just hammered away at the position, and I think he went out. He knew he was the quarterback, but then. Okay, uh, bad bad connection. We're going to try to get uh, Andrew Gribble uh, on again in just a moment here. In the meantime, four one two three 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 WXDX. A lot of uh, outpouring of sympathy uh, because of Mac Miller's death earlier today. Uh, condolences to DJ Bonix, my friend who knew Mac very well, and also to Mikey and Big Bob from Kiss FM, who are big friends and fans of uh, Mac Miller. A boy, 26 years old, to have such a promising career and, more important, such a promising life and so soon and so suddenly. Just uh, just a very sad day here in Pittsburgh because of that. Okay, we got uh, Andrew Gribble back. Andrew, you were talking about the, about the Bronze having a new beginning, and I think Jarvis Landry is a key to that. Who else would you, would you count into that equation? I mean, I think it really does. You have to focus on the quarterback position, which is a position that the franchise has kind of struggled with uh, really since it returned in 1999. And not only adding a number one pick in Baker Mayfield, but getting a veteran uh, like Andrew, who is facing similar circumstances with the long playoff drought back to the playoffs. And I think the key. Yeah, we'll we'll get somebody else to talk about the bronze. We can't we can't have that on the show. No offense to Andrew, it's just a bad connection. We'll. We'll try it again some other time. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. Uh, I think a, a big key for the Browns is going to be that the Steelers, because of the Lev Bell thing, there's every potential there for them to be distracted. That's why I think the Steelers need a good start. I think James Conner needs a good start. I'm curious to see what Todd Haley does. If he overplans, if he overdoes it. If he just is typical Todd Haley, wanting to make sure everybody knows that he's coaching by way of a of a game plan that goes against the grain. It, it's the old uh, skit, Eddie Murphy imitating uh, the Honeymooners. They know that we know that they know that we know. And Todd Haley, when he was Pittsburgh's coordinator, so often fell victim to that. I could see that happening again, especially Sunday against Pittsburgh, because Todd Haley's going to feel he has so much to prove. Uh, we've talked about the key matchups. Miles Garrett against Alejandro Villadueva. Jerry Dulac. Boy, I wish we could get Jerry for five seconds or maybe shoot a, a DM to him. He has Joe Hayden covering Jarvis Landry. I just don't see an outside corner covering a slot receiver. I just don't. Uh, maybe Hayden drops in the slot. Maybe Hilton goes outside. I don't know. From one standpoint, it would make sense to have Hayden cover Landry because Landry is their top receiving threat with Josh Gordon hampered by injury. I was going to ask uh, Andrew Gribble who's going to cover Antonio Brown. They got that uh, cornerback from Ohio State, the rookie, the fourth pick overall, and the rumor is the job's going to fall to him, which, boy, that kid's a very talented player, as evidenced by his pedigree, being a fourth-round pick. but. Uh, I would not have a rookie cover Antonio Brown. I just can't imagine any scenario. Oh, Denzel Ward's his name. I can't imagine any scenario 
where that ends good for Cleveland. I'm interested how long the leash will be for Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. I assume it's going to be uh, pretty long. But, you know, I heard somebody talking today on on, uh, ESPN Radio. And I know you think Baker Mayfield's your guy for the long run. But if I were coming off a 1-31 season, uh, excuse me, record over the last two seasons, the Browns have been 1-31, I would either draft Baker Mayfield and play him, or would I would have drafted Saquon Barkley, put him in the backfield with Tyrod Taylor, because I guess the fans will accept improvement in relatively small increments. But after 1-31, and wouldn't doing better than a relatively small increment help? Especially with Barkley, I think, a definite you know Pro Bowl, All-Pro type guy for, for many years to come. Not like you just bring him in here for one year, but if you brought him in this year, it could be an immediate type of thing. Now, now that said, I wouldn't put Baker Mayfield in if he's not ready, and they're not going to. So your thoughts, 412-333-9939. You, you see, this is a frustrating day for me with, with sports talk because I brought up every single thing about the game I could possibly bring up and every call is about Le'Veon Bell. So moving forward, don't say it's me. Don't say I do the same five minutes over and over again on the show. I think this is an intriguing game. I realize that some of you don't think so because you look at the Browns as opponents and you just blow them off. You laugh because since the Browns came back in the league in 1999, the Steelers are 33-3 and against them. Ben Roethlisberger is the all-time winningest quarterback in the history of their stadium. Hinesville, too but also Bryan Stadium. Ben's probably close to number one. Well, no, Andy Dalton's won a couple games and and some other Bengals quarterbacks before that, Carson Palmer. But, uh, but uh, this is going to be a tight game. At the beginning, and I bet by the end, although if the Browns cover, it'll be a backdoor cover. Let's go to Tom in Virginia. Do we have Tom yet? No, I guess we don't. Let's take a break. 1059X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You don't have an option. It's the you show, it's the me show. Hey, what's up, Mark? Come on. The lights, the robe, the hair, the woo! The X at 105.9. We just heard from Jerry Dulac at the Post-Gazette. Uh, he doesn't think Hayden's going to cover Jarvis Landry one-on-one necessarily, but the story was more meant to highlight that uh, Hayden, of course, uh, with the Browns, the Steelers' best cornerback, Jarvis Landry, the Browns' best receiving threat, and that Hayden may well come against Landry uh, Landry Jones, Jarvis Landry, in certain coverage packages. So there you go. Uh, remember yesterday, everybody was wetting their pants because Tiger Woods shot eight under in the first round of that tournament. This year he shot even, and he's tied for 12. And that is Tiger Woods at age 42 in a nutshell. He's not consistent anymore, which is why he'll never win again. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I got the official weather forecast for Sunday in Cleveland. Listen to this. I mean, when I heard it was going to rain, I, I'm not sure I knew it was going to, like, rain. 
Oh, wait, this just confirmed Jerry Dulac is going to be a regular guest each week this season. So uh, Jerry's a good football man and a good man, period. We could have him talk about Tiger Woods, too. He's a big golf guy. Anyway, here's the official weather forecast for Cleveland. It's going to rain all day Sunday. There are going to be 5 to 7 inches of rain. Winds will be gusting up to 40 miles per hour. There's a potential of flooding. Uh, somebody tweeted, a bronze writer, that this is the worst weather forecast for a bronze home game since the team returned to Cleveland in 1999. Uh, if it's that bad, that definitely favors the bronze. That makes it a crapshoot. If the weather's that bad, would they postpone the game till Monday night? Don't forget, there's already two Monday night games this week. Opening week, week one, there's always two Monday night games, an early one and a late one. This might be more interesting than we ever hoped it would be this coming Sunday. Let's go to Tom in Virginia, wants to talk about the weather. Hey, Tom, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody ever does anything about it. Hey, Super Genius, how you doing? Good. Hey, started hearing that feeling. Well, I hope you get better, man. Thank you. Um, but about the weather, uh, you just made a good point. You said you think it'll favor the Browns because it usually does level things out. But I've also heard that the uh, Browns' offensive line is really suspect. And if they well, yeah, they're they're flipping guys around even today from position to position. So you're right. So I mean, if it becomes pretty much a ground based game. I, I got to think that swings the, the favor towards the Steelers. Dude, bit. dude, I, I feel you, but if it rains seven inches, it won't be a ground-based game. It'll be a water-based game. It'll be a mud-based game. And then it really is a crapshoot. Yeah, got a point. Well, hey, get better, man. Bet the under. Let's go to Rich in Ohio. Rich, you're on with Double M. Yeah, Mark, I'll try to get to my point pretty quick here, but uh... – just wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, man, while I was growing up, the Steelers run defense. I mean, they'd go 10, 12 games on really stat that. Yeah, but it's, it's just a way different game. Run defense it, doesn't matter nearly as much now. It is, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, like, potentially Pittsburgh's defense, run defense being in the bottom five in the league. It, 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 was, was, it wasn't in the bottom five last year, was it? No, but I'm just saying, I mean, we also. No, no, it won't be that bad. Thanks for the call, bro. See, so you got your point real quick. Their run defense with Hayward and Tuitt up front. And, and the inside backers can stop the run. They just can't stop the pass. You know what's going to be a big key, and hopefully it helps? By all accounts, Terrell Edmonds is a very short tackler. With him starting at strong safety, that could help against the run and hopefully make some splash plays. I am very excited Terrell Edmonds has won a starting job. Morgan Burnett's available, but but Edmonds is starting. And I know people are saying that, that uh, Burnett's been banged up. That sounds to me like excuse-making for a veteran. Uh, not to knock Burnett, but I'm very hopeful that that uh, Terrell Edmonds can provide the playmaker that they've been missing since Ryan Shazier got hurt. I'm not trying to compare the two. I would never do that. That's unfair. But I think that uh, I have a good feeling about Edmonds. I like the fact that he's always around the ball. Sometimes he's there a day late and a dollar short, but as he gains experience in the league, he'll, he'll get there a second early and, and mess up somebody's day and maybe put the ball on the ground. So I want to see what this kid can do, and I think it'll be a good thing for the Steelers. Let's go to Dave in Oakmont. Dave. Hi, Mark. What up? 
Hey, I was, that's what I was calling to touch base on with uh, our our secondary versus their receivers. What, what are you going to make of this? They got some young, quick guys over there, not to mention their tight end coming out. And our linebackers, they can be able to handle all that. I'm worried about Jarvis Landry because he's really good. I'm worried about the tight end because he's 6'4". Yeah. I'm not so worried about Josh Gordon because, you know, he's he's coming in out of the cloud, so to speak. He's been injured. Didn't practice all that much during the preseason. I mean, he may have a big game based on talent, but I'm not so sure how much they'll even use him given the situation with how much he's practiced. If I were them, I'd get him in there. I mean, how can right. you not? The talent's overwhelming. And then the Callaway kid, the jury's still out on him. So I think they have a very good receiving core right now, more in theory than in actuality, although that could become very actual very quickly on Sunday. Then again, maybe not in seven inches of rain. That is true. You know what? You <laughs> know right, what? Mark. Thank you. You know, when, when it rained, I've told the story many times about how Mel Blunt killed two receivers during exhibition games. That's a true story. Exhibition games way back in the 60s and 70s, there weren't a million cameras. They weren't all on TV. Mel Blunt messed up two guys so bad with hits. In fact, one he just did on the bump and run. That's what a badass Mel was. The guys died later of injuries, and uh, nobody noticed. They just told their guys' parents, oh, they got cut, and we don't know what happened to them. They were just, you know, like what would be now practice squad guys. You know what Mel used to do when it rained? When it rained, Mel would tackle you. If there was a puddle, he'd jam your face in the puddle and try to drown you. Now, Mel never actually drowned anybody, but it wasn't for lack of trying. One time, Jack Hammer ran over and tried to pull the guy out of the puddle. Then Mel tried to drown him. Mel didn't care. Mel didn't take any prisoners. Mel Blunt is the baddest cornerback to ever walk the face of the earth, and he killed two men. Let's go to uh, Tim and Coriopolis. Tim. You're on with double M. Everybody. Yeah, goodbye. Let's go to uh, Z in Pittsburgh. Z, you're on with double M. Hey, what's going on? Hi, Z. Hi. I just wanted to talk about how the Browns are going to upset the Steelers this weekend. Okay, I don't see it happening, but in seven inches of rain, I guess it's a possibility. Why do you think it's I, going to happen? I feel like they have a legitimate, uh, talented roster now to make a <laughs> run at even the division. Oh, are point, you a bronze fan? Have, are you a bronze fan? No, I, I'm a Broncos fan. Well, I know it, you're still mad about Tim Tebow in the playoffs, but that's a different topic. Yeah, but, he um, had a real good career. Yeah, yeah he sucked. No, you but, had to. You, Peyton Manning had to whore himself out to you guys to win. <laughs> you won with a cheap streetwalker playing quarterback. For he you. didn't even do anything that year. He's a whore. He's a whore. You guys whored yourself out to a whore the, to win a Super Browns Bowl. Gonna, Goodbye. Now, this guy's a call to ages. I wonder if he's. Let's go to Happy Valley Mike. Is this the original Happy Valley Mike? It is, Mark. It's good to hear you. You know what? I'm tired of this Le'Veon Bell stuff. I agree with you. Let's talk about Pitt Penn State. Nobody cares about Pitt Penn State. It's it's a tailgate party disguised as a football game, further disguised as a rivalry. Well, I agree with you. Penn State killed it, and I don't like it. I'd rather they play. However, the talent level is so different. On these two teams. Well, I don't think anybody would dispute that, do you? Well, no, but I, I hear all these people talking about, well, we've got this coach and we've got new players and depth now. Come on, there's no chance Pitt can hang with Penn State tomorrow. Uh, they can hang with them. I'm not sure Penn, I mean, Appalachian State did. 
Well, listen, that's week one. I, I think App State would beat Pitt, though. Well, of course they would. Everybody beats Pitt. Except Penn State two years ago. Well, except Penn State. But you know what? Listen, over the years, Penn State dominated them. There is no chance. Pat Narduzzi can talk about rivalries and it's their Super Bowl. All I time. don't think Pat's talking about that very much. Let me ask you a question. Which coach do you think is the bigger jackass? Because I think it's a real tight race. Oh, I don't think it's even close. I think ours is way bigger jackass than Narduzzi. Do you really? Oh, my God. See, I'm going the other way. Because here, here's the here's the tiebreaker. You know what makes a jackass a little bit less of a jackass? <laughs> no. When he wins. <laughs> Am I right? Well, you know what? You're when you're 21 and 18 like Narduzzi is, when the program's no better in your three years than it was the day you took over, then you're a jackass. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I won't argue that point. Anything against Pitt, I root for their women's fencing team to lose. But, listen, our, our guys... Frankly, Iron Mel Blunt stabbed one of them with a sword once. I heard, I heard Antonio Brown send some nasty twit, uh, tweets to him. <laughs> Happy Valley Mike, back in the saddle. By the way, uh, that was the first Penn State pit call we got all day. And I brought it up a couple times, but nobody cares. Seriously, that is going to be a stadium full of people to watch a game nobody really cares about. Let's go to Lee in South Fayette. Lee, you're on with Double M. Lee, you're uh, on the air. Yeah, hey, what's up, Mark? What hey, up? Uh, you brought up Antonio Brown about punching that reporter. Um, I don't know about him, but last time I called, you threatened me. I'm, I'm sure Antonio Brown would punch you in the face. I'm sure he and would. I, I definitely would. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, I definitely would. You, I mean, you want to come down south there, I'll give you my address. I have to go to the slums to do it? The slums, this is like the, the biggest uh, area... Please, that, in County, oh, maybe man. maybe in a few of the places. You live where they hand out the government cheese, Junior. Yeah, right. Are you, have you ever been here? Probably not. Uh, you know what? I, I went there once. They wanted me to move in and declare me king of South Fayette. That's why uh, Chris Kiernitz and all half the Penguins live out here. And, uh, you know, he moved here. away. He lives He lives on the north yeah, side now. To, yeah, I know. He lives in well, Tampa Bay, whatever. <laughs> no, he lives in South Fayette and commutes to Tampa Bay. I think he's with Chicago now, isn't he? Time not to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. I hope it rained seven inches so bad Sunday at Cleveland. Would they postpone the game? You rarely see a game postponed because of rain, but when you stir in the wind... Now, here's the thing. What if Cleveland got destroyed by a flood before the game? But you really wouldn't be able to tell, would you? Ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. 40%. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What up, man? There's always been an unspoken dynamic. I am a lot smarter than you. Okay, so maybe it's a spoken dynamic. The X at 105.9. It's now time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939 is brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chop so do check out Chapino in the strip. I got a shout-out to... Uh, Chartier's Valley High School Soccer, I'm a big fan. Uh, last year, they lost in the Whippeal Semis. The year before that, they won the Whippeal Championship. This year, I think they only have like three varsity players back, but they've started section play with a win and a draw. Not too bad. Something definitely good to build on, so come on, you Colts. Let's go to uh, Nick and Butler. Nick, ask Mark anything. Um, 
I'm calling to see Mark. Why do you even take phone calls at all? Well, first off, I take fewer phone calls than anybody else who does this in the city. It just seems so aggravating. Well, it's a long three hours, bro. I mean, do you want to do three hours worth of monologues if you're me? I, I'm pretty sure you can keep it going, though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's really hard to do that. When you hear me taking phone calls, you hear me metaphorically taking a break and it can spur a different discussion on a good day. I wouldn't say today's necessarily been a good day. Let's go to uh, Mark on the road. Mark, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. I got uh, two music-related questions for you. One, uh, your thoughts on the death of Mac Miller. I'm very sad. Very sad that Mac died. I, I'm not a rap fan in particular, but I appreciated his work. I know uh, good art when I hear it and see it. And by all accounts, he was a real good guy and certainly a Pittsburgh guy. So I, uh, I, I mourn his death, most definitely. And speaking of Pittsburgh guys, Reb Beach, did you see him with his new uh, bass player yet since Tommy Mullen passed? Uh, he's used a couple bass players. I don't know that he has a permanent one even yet. Okay, well, they're playing out at the, uh, JR's uh, Grill out in Saxonburg on the 22nd of this month. And I will make every effort to be there. Maybe we'll see you there. Not if I see you first. Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939. Let's go to Nick in the car. Nick. Hey, Mark. What is your favorite place to go to for an ice cream sundae? What's the flavor? What's the toppings? I don't know that I get sundaes. I mean, where would you recommend a Pittsburgh for a sundae? You know what? I used to love Eaton Park's Cookie Fudge Fantasy, but they stopped making it. I really don't have a favorite. Like, there's nothing that... See, I, I, I've really grown away from Sundays. You know what I do? I like to go to Dairy Queen and get an Oreo Blizzard. Mm. And there's yeah, a place at the bottom of the hill here in Green Tree called Antony's Ice Cream. And they make their version of a Blizzard. It's a, it's a bit more mixed in. It's very good as okay. well. I'd say my favorite ice cream place in town is Antony's, but I don't eat much ice cream. Uh, but but that's the place I would recommend. They make Sundays too, and I'm sure they're very good. There's a place in the Strip District too that's famous for ice cream, but the name slips my mind right now. Let's go to uh, Cassandra in the car, and her name was Cassandra. Cassandra, ask uh, Mark anything. Uh, big fan. Question for you: If you would do any sort of voiceover work for like any sort of animated show, what would it be and how much would it take? Well, are you making a concrete offer or are we speaking hypothetically? <laughs> hypothetically. I, I don't I don't entertain money offers hypothetically. I would have to know the exact <laughs> job and uh, would I be interested I'd be interested in doing anything that's easy and makes me money, but I'm always told voiceover work's more difficult than are you talking about, like, matching my voice to animation? Well, like, American Dad or Family Guy or Simpsons. I don't think they're going to be calling. Both, Thank yeah. you for the call. Let's go to uh, Wendy in Ross Township. Linda, ask Mark anything. Real quick, did you get a kitten yet? Wendy, you didn't hear the bad news from a couple of days ago. No, I didn't. What happened? Well, I uh, about been... a month ago, uh, the vet I'm working with, Sean Winnie, nice guy, uh-huh. Spurs fan, but he's still okay. Uh, uh, he uh, he had a cat lined up, but they accidentally gave it away before they gave it to me. But that's uh, okay. Well, it gets worse. That's okay because the cat got a good home. Then more recently, there were a couple kittens. I was going to take one of them. I was supposed to pick it up on the 18th of this month, and the kitten got sick and died. Uh, 
Oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. No, I must have missed that show. It's probably out water and everything's so dry all the time. Well, it was, some, it was some kind of fever, but... Uh, but uh, I, uh, but I, uh, I have a, we have a third cat lined up potentially, and we're trying to get together on a date for that to finalize things. Oh, good, good. Well, we'll let us all know because a lot of people want to know. They might the new, not the let new, you the know. new cat. I got a picture of the potential new cat. It uh-huh. looks a lot like my mother's cat that, uh, that I, but, but with shorter hair and yeah, big yeah. ears, like these huge, cool. like devil-looking ears that could poke your eyes out. Oh, sweet, like Gizmo on, uh, oh, what was that show, that movie? Oh, I, oh. I hate Gizmo. Now I don't know if I want it. Nah, well, don't name it Gizmo. Don't- you know what? I had a name picked out for the kitten that died. I don't know whether to use the same name for the new kitten. That would feel kind of weird. Let's go to uh, Steve in, in Brighton Township. Steve, ask Mark anything. Uh, hi, Mark. What's your favorite country-slash-western movie? You mean like old west type movie? Yeah, yeah, or or more contemporary. Well, probably Tombstone. Yeah, yeah. That's... I think that's one of the definitive westerns of all time, don't you? Oh yeah, I mean for my generation, it, uh, early '90s. I mean Kurt Russell, uh, uh, um, Val Kilmer. Well, put it uh, this way: every time Tombstone's on, I watch it for a while. Yeah, I stop, stop it on there. That and Goodfellas and a few other movies. Like, now, now I will say this: Kevin Costner's Wide Earp was way too long. Yeah. If you would have cut about 40 minutes out of it, it would have been comparable to Tombstone. But they didn't, yeah. so it's not. Plus, which I remember that, that, that they made a big deal that Dennis Quaid lost all this weight and was like anorexic and skeletal to play Doc Holliday, right? In the interest yeah. of being realistic. Who cares about realistic? Who knows what Doc Holliday really looked like way back then? I thought Val <laughs> Kilmer was a far superior Doc Holliday. And I'm a Dennis Quaid fan. Oh, that place in the strip is called Clavons. That how you pronounce it? But I, I've never been there. One time I went there, it was closed. Let's go to uh, Tanner in Mount Lebanon. Tanner, ask Mark anything. Mark, how you doing, my man? What up? Hey, I love the Fairies Wear Boots segment. You got me listening to Sabbath. I want to know what your favorite deep cut is. Well, I, I, I'll tell you my favorite Sabbath album, and I bet you're surprised. Go ahead. Heaven and Hell. I uh, it's a Dio album, but that's my favorite Sabbath album by far. I listen to it the most. I love them when they came to Pittsburgh with Motorhead. That was a great. Concert. Would you consider Neon Knights a deep cut? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's not a popular song, so there you go. It was pretty popular then. Yeah. Uh, a deep cut for Sabbath. I'm not going to go Dio again. I'm going to go with uh, Lady Evil. From Heaven and Hell. Maybe Sign of the Southern Cross from uh, Mob Rules. Let's go to Jim in McKeesport. Jim, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. Jim? Uh, what's your opinion of uh, Mr. Le'Veon Bell um, putting out a tweet about the rapper who just OD'd? What's wrong with that? I mean, you ain't got time for football, but you got time. Bro, for you're an idiot. You, you, I couldn't. I couldn't describe how stupid you are. I wish I was. You were here so I could slap you. I wish I was there also. Yeah, so I could slap you because you like being slapped, bitch. Let's go to Corey in the car. Corey ain't got time for football. Corey, ask Mark anything. I just wanted to get your opinion on the Triple H versus Undertaker match, and do you think? Couldn't Sean care Michael less. Thanks. Let's go to Leo in Washington. Oh, NXT's in town tonight. I thought I was going to Vegas, so I didn't get tickets. I still don't feel great, though. 
Let's go to Leo in Washington. Leo. Mark, how you doing? Leo. Mark. Hello. Mark. Yeah, what's up? How you doing? Good. What do you want? What's your uh, favorite Burt Reynolds movie since he passed? I have two. I talked about it yesterday. Uh, uh, Longest Yard and uh, Boogie Nights. You like Hooper? Eh. Eh, okay. Thanks, man. Take Thank care. you. Let's go to John in Chartier's Valley. John, ask Mark anything. Mark, I just want to thank you for making my day every day. You're the I, smartest man on radio. I am the best. Thank you very much. You know what else sucks about missing this trip? Liverpool don't even play. It's International Week, and I got nothing to do tomorrow. Good talk, see you out there. 105.90X.